Right, good afternoon everybody. Welcome to our teleconference number four. I'm pretty excited about this one. I've got a very special speaker, how to get access to someone with David's background. Um, uh, what I'll just do though is to mention to you if you can just star six on your uh, handset so that we don't get any background noise. You'll find that improves your reception significantly. But if you want to uh, contribute to our Q&A later in the session, you just press star six again and that'll unmute you. So it's the same process to mute or unmute star six. Um, we'll run through this session here together. Um, this particular session is called The Missing Link in, in Your Franchise Marketing, email. Um, David's the founder of a specialist email marketing agency called News Business, and he's got an interesting background. I've known David for quite a number of years, and uh, what I'll do is actually leave him to give a little bit of a, um, perhaps the thumbnail of, of his background, and then we'll get into the content for, the, uh, for this afternoon's session. David, over to you. Wonderful. Thank you, Brian. Well, um, uh, good morning, everybody, or good afternoon in uh, New South Wales. Um, and uh, look, I thought it might be um, just a useful kick-off to uh, give you um, a little bit of a thumbnail sketch as to my background and how I've ended up um, working specifically in the email marketing and email newsletter space. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Brian and I worked together um, many years ago um, with a retail um, franchise group and uh, at the time my main responsibility with that group was in sales, so I was taken on as a sales uh, manager um, and um, what I found was that um, it was all very well um, going out and, uh, well, bringing up uh, prospective um, uh, franchisees and uh, going off to see them, um, but um, it was sometimes quite difficult and uh, our uh, prospective uh, franchisees were in a busy retail uh, environment, didn't have a huge amount of time to spare to talk to uh, a guy like me unless they um, had a real uh, a real interest and, and even then it was pretty tough because they were running a, a retail um, shop basically. Um, and so um, what uh, we decided to do um, was to, uh, in, instead of focusing only on um, telemarketing, if you like, and uh, arranging appointments, was to put together uh, a little monthly newsletter which would enable uh, those people that we wanted to speak to to uh, read about um, what our group, what our franchise group was doing as opposed to me having to go in and sit down face-to-face -face and speak to them. And, of course, uh, if we were able to send something out, and initially this um, newsletter was a printed newsletter, um, it would give them the opportunity to read it when they had time to do it. So first thing in the morning or in the evening or at the weekends, they could catch up um, on uh, what we had to say. And um, we had some great stories to, to tell. Uh, it just wasn't that easy to do it on a face-to-face -face basis. So we kicked off uh, to start off with with this printed uh, edition, and it was really just an A4 uh, sheet, um, uh, colour um, printed on both sides. And rather than being a, a pure sales message, uh, it was a combination of uh, a variety of different things. Uh, what we were doing is we were giving hints and tips to uh, people who were running independent businesses um, as to how we in our franchise group uh, ran things uh, differently and how those things sort of might help their, uh, in their business. Uh, we also had a, a success story um, every uh, month. 
Uh, we also had a list of events and some comments that we had on what was going on in the industry at the time. Um, and even though the uh, printed edition was uh, was great and we had some good feedback uh, on that, uh, this was at a time when we were um, we revamped the website and we converted the printed edition to an email uh, newsletter, and we continued to do the same thing. And um, as I think you may have read in the um, in the information sort of ahead of this call, um, what we were able to do in a fairly short period of time, I think it was probably about 18 months or so, was um, build our email database from around 300 people um, up to around 1,800 to 1,900 people um, in an industry where um, there are really only 5,000 um, outlets uh, across Australia. So as a, as a proportion of the industry, it was really quite high. Um, and uh, we did that by continuing to, to write um, interesting and informative uh, pieces for our target market. Um, and also uh, what we did as a, as a group was we put together um, a, a download, um, basically a PDF book, um, very specifically targeted at our target market. And um, what we did is we said, well, look, if you jump on the site and uh, give us your email address, then uh, you can download um, a PDF version of this book that will help you to um, to, to, to implement um, some of the things that we were recommending and help you to, um, to create a great business. Um, so that fundamentally is where I suppose um, I finally understood the power um, of email marketing as a salesperson. Um, and pretty much since, since that time, um, what I and a small team at New Business, News Business have been doing is uh, helping um, other businesses to implement that same sort of approach of uh, a regular um, monthly um, email communication um, with, and, and I suppose, uh, and I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions that anybody has specifically, um, but in terms of making sure that the tone of that um, email communication is right, so it's not just simply a sales message sort of month in, month out, but it's a, a mix of, um, of bits and pieces as well. So, Brian, right, I don't know if you... Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to interrupt you there and say, uh, I, I recall we used to put that together, so we used to get our, mm. you know, used to all contribute some ideas for articles and that type of thing, which would be honed, and then, you know, you'd, you'd sort of... Uh, edit the copy, etc. But I remember we had, a, at the time, comparing opening rates once we were online with that. We had extremely high opening rates with those newsletters and very, very few unsubscribes, which was, um, I think, you know, um, was really interesting. So we know that you get the attention of the reader, which is something that's more and more a challenge. But uh, that's right. That's um, it, right. Was, it was a testimony to that, so it did work. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the interesting thing is that that was a little while ago, and um, even though uh, if you look at uh, there was a, a recent um, survey last year, I think conducted by MYOB of businesses across Australia, just to find out uh, what businesses in general were doing, and MYOB obviously. A, a pretty well plugged in they, a survey of theirs is going to cover a heck of a lot of businesses mm. and uh, what they found was that 73% of Australian businesses do not use email marketing at all um, and 87% uh, do not write online newsletters or blogs of, of any description um, so, uh, so here in Australia it's still relatively untapped however um, look what, at what has happened over the past sort of four or five um, years and this is driven I think largely by the bigger players who 
have switched on to email marketing, um, there has been a huge growth in the number of email newsletters that are going out there. And I think to a certain extent now, there's an element of fatigue in the marketplace. Mm. And so therefore, you do have to perform to a higher standard. Yep. And you do have to have a very clear idea as to how you can help the people that you're writing for, you know, your audience, whether that's your customer base or prospects or um, perhaps in some instances, I've just come away from a meeting this morning where the, the primary market is actually um, referrers, professional advisors, as opposed to the actual customers themselves. Um, and as long as you've got a clear idea as to who, who you're talking to and you're able to to truly generate some stuff that is um, interesting and useful, then that enables your communication to, to cut through um, and, um, you know, and, and really hit home. And people actively, you know, the situation that you want to be in, and I think we, Brian, I think we managed to achieve this, you know, four or five years ago, is that people actively look forward to receiving your um, your newsletter, and um, I'm guessing, you know, we, amongst any sort of group of people, um, there'll be two or three sort of regular communications that come into your email inbox that you actively look out for and you actively pick out and read. Yeah, that's and certainly be, true. Yeah, yeah certainly, and, certainly true from my point of view and people I, I talk to. I mean, one of the big benefits I think that occurred during that period was the ability to put hyperlinks in so that you no longer had to put all the copy in the email. You could just basically put some catchy headlines and yeah. um, and that basically does the job for you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I think it's also important to note that there are some uh, quite big difference b differences between business to consumer and business to business mm. styles. Um, but the Email marketing and email newsletters work for both types of businesses. It's just a question um, of really working out who your target market um, is, you know, who you're actually communicating to, and making sure that you are, you know, communicating stuff that's going to be interesting to that to that marketplace. You know, um, so it may well be, and look, I'm, I'm happy to talk about sort of specific industries, um, but if it's business to consumer, if for example you might be a um, a restaurant chain then, um, you know, it may well be that the people that you want to come into your to your restaurant group are not looking for advice on food necessarily, They're, but what they may be looking for is, is um, just knowing, obviously knowing about sort of any special deals you've got at the moment, or they might be interested to know about uh, if, if you're running any special events or whether you're supporting any particular... Uh, voluntary organization, whether you've got a drive on a particular thing, whether you're running um, you know, a, a fun little promotion for whatever reason. Um, so that it, it really is a question of thinking very, very hard about um, who you're communicating to and whether you want to um, uh, inform them, advise them, or amuse them, or, or, or what you want to do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, educate or whatever it might be. So, That's right. Um, so perhaps you could comment on I mean, the, the, the with the with the incredible growth of Facebook and to a lesser degree maybe but this from my point of view Twitter and various other social media um, yeah. and of course the increasing popularity of people's own blogs a specific blog um, yeah. particularly from a business point of view how do you see that all dovetailing in these days? Well, you know, the interesting thing is that um, there are plenty of commentators out there who uh, are predicting the death the death of email. Um, because uh, everyone's jumping onto Facebook and Twitter and uh, and what have you. Um, but look, 
you know, the way I, I see this is that um, we've, we've got to the point really in business where some of the old-fashioned techniques of uh, marketing, which were really sort of one-way marketing techniques, where you'd send out a direct mail piece or, or you'd, um, you'd be telemarketing or you'd have advertising where you'd just uh, specifically be telling people about what you're doing without it being a two-way stream, has given way to a situation today where um, consumers, both in B2B and B2C, um, are able to say pretty much whatever they want to online, uh, in their own blogs, on Facebook, or what have you, um, and um, businesses are now really having to engage in that, in that sphere. Um, and what I think is that um, it's important for a, to assess where its uh, target market really is. And if, if your target market is active um, on Facebook or if they're active on, uh, on Twitter or if they are bloggers or they read blogs, then if that's your market, then you really need to be there. Um, the interesting thing is, though, that if you look at the, um, if you actually go in and look at your specific market, you may find that they're not active on Twitter or they're not really active on Facebook, in which case, um, you know, perhaps there's little um, reason really to be involved um, in those. Um, they or if they're a sort of a Gen Y, that type uh, customer base, they may really only be on social media and they may not really um, be regular readers of email. One of the reasons that I say that email is, is not to be sort of sniffed at is that um, if you look overall at, at um, what people are doing and where people are at, email is still you know, the current communications medium of choice for many, many people. Mm. Uh, and I think it's then just a question of really knowing your target market. And if the answer is that your target market um, is uh, communicating via email a lot and reading email and sending emails, then you should be in the, that email space. If they're not, perhaps not. But, um, you know, the interesting thing is that uh, email still is, you know, the most uh, popular way of communi communicating right now. And if that continues, as long as that continues to be the case, then um, there's good reason to be communicating with people via email. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's certainly a changing market, so you need to be in that space to understand what's happening, don't you? It's very easy to get get behind um, these changes yeah. because they are happening at such a rate. And um, That's right. there's a lot of people out there who, I, I suppose, put themselves up as experts. Um, but yeah. uh, you have to be very wary, I think, in all these fields as to who you choose yeah. to uh, to associate yourself with and work with. Yeah. I think the other, just as an addendum really to that last comment, is that um, I think it's also very important, you, even though, you know, you may have, as a business owner, um, you may have preferences as to um, how you are communicated with. And I had a meeting this morning and there was a lady at that meeting who said that she she hated getting sales letters. She hated um, getting you know, direct mail, she didn't like uh, email newsletters. You know, the fact that your personal preference is, is not in that space is, is not reason in and of itself to discount that as a way of communicating to your marketplace because your marketplace um, will be open to this and, and, and ultimately communicating what your business does. You, you, all businesses have to do that and the, the sensible thing to do is to have multiple different ways of communicating and marketing your business. So, so for, for those people who like reading stuff in an email newsletter, for example, then they have an email newsletter. 
how to bet if they don't like that. And um, what uh, I find when I take on a new client who hasn't really done any email marketing before is that that, that very first blast that goes out, there is an unsubscribe rate of you know around um, three to seven percent, and there's a whole bunch of people. You know, three percent to seven percent of people um, in anybody's database that just absolutely hate being communicated by email. Now, mm. now the fact that three to seven percent have said no doesn't mean that the remaining, you know, ninety-three to, to ninety-seven percent um, don't appreciate that. You know, and the, the difficulty in this field is that um, people generally do not communicate back with you. Most people read that they, they don't engage in that two-way conversation. Mm. And um, it's interesting that it's only when you actually ask the question of people or you speak to people that you, you know, they, they say things to you like, oh, well, um, yeah, your last newsletter was actually quite interesting and uh, the one particular point was relevant to a friend of mine's business and so I forwarded it on to him, etc., etc. So the fact that you're, you'll generally get, you'll get the bad feedback Okay, but don't let that necessarily taint your opinion of the, the medium as a whole. Um, if, if you're not getting people pushing back against your your marketing, many people believe that you're not. You know, you're obviously not not getting any traction at all if people aren't pushing back. So there should be some pushback. Yeah, that's, not, that's certainly that's certainly a theory that's brought out by a lot of a lot of people who recognise and experts in the sales field. You know, if you're not getting a level of cancellations or or, or um, or um, you know, deals falling through, it probably means you haven't been you haven't been out there as, enough as, you, as far as your marketing is concerned. So you're saying it, it's much the same as something like this. You need the same approach, really. You have to accept, um, yes. just like with just like with tele tele telemarketing, there's a there's a success rate and there's a failure rate, but it doesn't mean the overall thing isn't successful. No, no, that's right. That's right. And and look, I suppose the other thing that's worth mentioning about um, email again is um, is the whole uh, field of spam. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, there's another term now that's cropped up fairly recently. Um, spam is is defined as uh, com commercial email messages um, that um, that have not been I forget the precise terms, but that have, have have not been consented to. So if you just if you pick up a or you buy a, a list of email addresses, which I highly recommend against, by the way, then those people, as soon as you send them a commercial message and those people have not consented to receive that message, then you are guilty of sending them spam. And, and so they can report you to the ACMA and uh, you know down the line there are fines for that. So it's very, very important that you don't do that. Um, and so in order to make sure that you don't do that, the, the first thing I would say is never buy lists of, of email addresses body because you can never know for certain that those people have consented to receive a message from you. Um, the second thing is that um, if uh, you ask people to opt in, so if, if within your, your business or on your website you say, well, sign up here to get this information, as long as those people go through that process, then they have opted in to receive information from you. Similarly, if you've got people that you that are either current customers of yours or prospects that you've spoken to, and, and those are fairly recent, um, then it is reasonable to, to add them to your list. And out of politeness, you may want to just drop them an email or when you, when you speak to them on the phone or face-to-face, -face, say, I'd like to add you to my list. And I remember when Brian and we were working together, we had quite a big drive to, to um, grow our email list. And we went through that process with everybody that we met. You know, so we put absolutely everybody onto our list. And mm. the interesting thing here is that everybody literally knew 
you come across in a business sense. So people who are suppliers to you, um, as well as the people that you supply, um, any professional advisors that you have, um, a, a, an email update is a way of keeping all these people up to date with what you're doing because you never know where your next referral is going to come to and it's, um, it's sort of uh, concomitant upon you as the business owner to make sure that all those people that do business with you are in a position to know what you're doing and can refer you know, people through to you as customers. So that was the approach I know we always took and, and I continue to advise that. Um, but yes, the, the, um, in order not to be categorised as spam, you need to make sure that, that people um, have either opted in or you, are, you currently have some form of a business relationship with them. The other important thing to make sure is that whatever um, email communications you send out have got an ability for the person to unsubscribe. So if, if there's no ability to get yourself off that list, um, then that also a breach of the, the spam rules. Uh, so you need to be absolutely certain that is the case. And uh, when you're looking at systems um, to use for email marketing, uh, it's advisable not just to use your own um, email system for this. Once you start sending to, to more than about 20, 30 people, then um, you'll find um, that that's not enough to protect you, your business against being um, caught out um, for sending spam. So uh, all decent um, email marketing um, technology out there, and uh, you know there are a couple of names that I can bandy around, like for example Constant Contact or Aweber or Vertical Response or Mailchimp. These sorts of systems um, have built into them systems to allow people to unsubscribe very easily. Uh, and what's more if you're importing email addresses into the system, they prevent you from importing email addresses from people who have already unsubscribed so that they protect oh, okay. you from, from, from the possibility mm. of un, uh, uh, inadvertently sending an email you know, again to somebody who's already unsubscribed. So that's, that's why those systems... Yeah, are those are the people who would potentially upset because they're, yeah. uh, they've consciously unsubscribed and uh, that's quite, well, quite, quite likely they would take exception to it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. But, so would I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but just just to finish the conversation on spam, I mean, um, people's idea as to what spam means is unwanted email. And I suppose the thing is, if if you spend enough time um, thinking about and working out what you think would be of interest to your target market, then the your target is to be sending a communication out to them which they'll find useful, so therefore they won't regard as spam. So anything that you actively look forward to opening is in your mind not spam. It's only the stuff that you didn't want to receive that you call spam. Okay. So, so a restaurant chain may send out a nice little recipe or something like that, for example. So something, something that right. people may, may find interesting and use. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and as long as you you're always thinking, well, what is going to be useful and interesting and amusing and what have you to mm. to my customers and potential customers, then as long as that's your guiding light in everything that you write, um, then um, that's that really is the way to go. So um, highlighting your expertise without trying to sell a product directly through that particular you know sort of piece of conversation. Well, well, that, that's right, and and you know I, I think it's it's easier to work out how to sell your expertise, so to speak, if you're a business to business company of than course, if you're yeah. a business to consumer. However, there are many business to consumer businesses, and I, I'd say you know if you look, if you think uh, um, hard enough about what it is your customers really want, um, 
in the business to consumer world, you'll always find that there are, are um, ways that you can communicate with them and things that you can tell them about that they, they will find interesting, amusing, useful, um, and so they will actively want to uh, to continue to receive information from you. The the, the biggest um, well, one of the biggest mistakes uh, out there in terms of email communication is assuming that it's identical to old direct marketing, so therefore the message always needs to be a sales message and that's it. And there are some industries where that works, but those industries will have a higher unsubscribe rate um, because um, the whole thinking behind um, email marketing is that you are reminding people that you are there. You're not necessarily actively wanting to sell them mm -hmm. stuff on the spot. Mm -hmm. You're just reminding them that you're there so that you remain t top of mind, even when they may not be about to make a purchase this month or next month, depending on the on the sales cycles in each individual industry. You know. Yeah, that, that takes uh, me back when we, we investigated this area. I remember we came... We, uh, we became aware of, although to some level I think we've both in the past done the sort of sales funnel, the conduit, which um, had been mm. used in the property investment industry, I think, particularly going back about probably 15 to 20 years ago, and that was getting people in just through interest and maintaining that contact with a whole range of different things, whether it's newsletters by email or however, little evenings, little seminars, workshops, whatever it might be. Um, yeah. and these days it would include probably an e-book or or questions and answers on the website, um, yeah. those types of things, even little videos, depending on the nature of your business and how much time and effort you feel it warrants to do in your marketing. So they all yeah. dovetail in. So at some stage, you periodically drop offers in, or, or yeah. um, and people would, yeah. when they're ready, they've already validated. They, they they know you. They're comfortable. So they make a conscious decision. As far as they're concerned, you've 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 reached their trust level, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and that I think fundamentally is it. It's a trust level where they feel they have a relationship with you. And the, the interesting thing again about online is that online is, has a tendency to be massively impersonal, you know? mm. and um, so therefore people, when they're um, checking out businesses online, um, you know, they, they tend to take a sort of quite a hard-nosed approach to it. And if you are able through your website and through your email communication to cut through and show that you are sort of real people and you have a real personality um, and all that sort of stuff, then people will people actually get to know you online, even if you have never met them face to face. And I've had several instances where you know people have been receiving um, information from me over several years, and I haven't actually met them and then finally when I've met them I've felt that I've known them a little bit and they've obviously felt that they've known me a little bit because I've been communicating with them um, you know for over a period of time and I think it is important to, to try and compensate that sort of lack of personality in the in the web in the, in the sort of online uh, world um, by being personal and personable and one of the um, uh, one of the business coaches, I suppose, that uh, based in the UK that I um, have uh, subscribed to over a period of time, um, when talking about email marketing, says, well, when you're looking at what email you open, 
the email that you open first and foremost is email from friends who are just sort of, they, they don't send you a huge great big newsletter per se, they're just sort of sending you a little sort of update on what they're up to. And if businesses can take a leap out of that and, and make it a personal communication as opposed to some sort of formalised communication, that can often be a much better way to go. And um, mm. when I was testing um, a similar sort of thing in, in my business, I um, used to have really quite a formalised looking newsletter. And then I tested moving away from that sort of formal looking corporate uh, newsletter to what looked more like a regular email from just me to all the people on my list. And interestingly, when I went to speak to people who I knew were on my list and I said, well, what do you think about the, the, uh, the new sort of style? Most of the people I spoke to said, I don't, I don't really like it very much. I think I preferred the one that you were sending before. But the open rates contradicted that. The open rates indicated that more people were opening when it was a more personalized sort of style than were opening the previous sort of corporate style one. Hmm. Similarly, um, and again, it sounds hackneyed, but if you, um, instead of saying hi, you say hi first name, even though everybody knows that this is automated and all you're doing is you're taking the first name out of the, whatever that person plugged in when they signed up to your, um, your update, um, if you end up saying, hi, John, or hi, Brian, or, or um, hi, Alex, or whatever it happens to be, that also still increases the open. Everybody knows that it's automated. You know, so it's funny how things work. You know? mm, yeah. If you can personalize things, um, then it, it's, it, it just means that people feel more connected and you need people to feel connected with you and your business so so that they feel comfortable um, being, continuing to be a client of yours or becoming a client or referring um, somebody else to you as, as, a, as a prospective client. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah it just goes it to show. So that personal touch there, as you say, just uh, the fact we, we, we're all very conscious of it, that you've not sat there and typed it out, but nevertheless it has has a, a bearing on it, I suppose you could say. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, all right. I've got a few questions. Oh. Uh, is there anything else you don't want to cut across you there while you're... No, no, no. Right. I, I was just wondering about how long an email newsletter should be, John. What, uh, sorry, David. What's your, what's your thought okay. on that? Um, look, I, I think it actually comes down again to who your target market is actually talking to. And um, secondly, what is your aim? in sending this out, okay? Now, um, there are many different styles out there, and I'll, I'll, I'll sort of, um, a couple of um, emails that I subscribe to at the moment, for example, are vastly different, but I look forward to both of them. There's, uh, I'm sure you've heard of a, um, a US marketing uh, guru, for want of a better word, I know it's overused, um, called Seth Godin. Now, oh, yes, Seth, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seth Godin sends out a daily message. Now, his message, it's so simple, it, it is just, in, in one paragraph or maximum two paragraphs, him commenting on something that he's done recently and approaches that businesses uh, and people might like to take to marketing into business. Now, I open his email pretty much ritually every uh, day, and I read that. And I look through, as you know, being in the newsletter business, I subscribe to tons of newsletters, mm. and I get probably about <laughs> 30 or 40 every day. Now, I'll all of them, but the only ones that I, uh, there's only probably about three or four that I open ritually. One is from Seth Godin. Mm -hmm. The other one is um, a sort of an online version of BRW, I suppose, called Smart Company. Yeah. And Smart Company is really a, um, yeah, it really is an online magazine about what's going on in the world of business. And um, their email is, um, 
is really just a, a summary of the main articles that they've got. They put the, all of the articles um, that are current for that day into their subject line, and then in the body of the email, they've really just got a, a, a tiny intro to each one, and then you click through to their website, um, to each individual article on the website. And I, what I do is I scan the subject line. I'm sure everybody does this. You scan the subject line to see if it's of interest to you, and if there's anything that piques your interest in that subject line, then you either open up or you just scroll down the email itself and you click through to the item that's of interest to you. Now, they're two totally different styles, one which is really short, but uh, I look actively open it, and one that's really quite long, um, but I still look forward to it, uh, actively look for it, and open it and read it. So it, it really depends on what you're looking to communicate, who your target market um, uh, is. You know, really does depend. So there's no optimum. You've just got to work out what you think is going to be most useful. Um, and sometimes, you know, even though you, you, everybody may assume knee-jerk reaction is that nobody's got any time to, to read anything, so perhaps they should be short, um, sort of soundbite type things. Well, you know, if people are interested enough and you're looking to establish your expertise in your um, field of, of uh, endeavor, then you know, you sometimes can't get a point across in, in one paragraph. You, you need to actually write, you know, a seven, eight hundred um, page article on something, you know, um, and that that may be what is necessary. So it really is horses for courses. Right. Yeah. That's, so, so if you wanted to start sending newsletters, what would you mm. suggest? What's the best way to to, to go about it? Getting the ball rolling, sort of thing. Okay. Well, look. It, I suppose it depends on how comfortable you are with writing, um, and um, I think one of the major challenges that businesses face today, particularly in well, the, you know, the, the the businesses I I work with the most uh, are business to business professional services businesses in the main, um, and also with between five and fifteen in, employees. And that sort of size of business, there generally doesn't tend to be anybody apart from perhaps the owner of the business um, who's charged with uh, with actively marketing um, right. and and writing, you know, whether it's um, advertisements or, or sales letters or email newsletters or whatever it happens to be, um, because most of the people in those sorts of businesses are operational. They're actually busy running the business. Um, but uh, what, what I, my advice is to, to businesses that want to get a, uh, an email update, um, call it a newsletter or whatever you like, um, happening and working for them, is to set aside, um, and I'd be inclined to say four hours a month, one way or the other, um, where you focus. Um, the first thing you need to do is think, well, who is my perfect customer, who's my perfect client, make sure you've got a very clear idea as to who that person is, and then write for them. Now, in terms of um, deciding what to write about, um, I've got a little cheat sheet, which I'm happy to share with um, with um, everybody, if you like, and that cheat sheet just runs through about eight things, that, eight questions that um, you might ask yourself as to what might be of interest to, to your customers, and, and those eight, I, I, I don't have it in front of me right now, but the sort of questions they are are things like, um, has my business introduced any new products or services in the past month that I need to tell my my uh, you know pe people on this um, update list about? Um, do I have any new people that have started um, and uh, introducing them? Uh, do I have um, any um, new clients? You know, particularly where uh, it's a sort of a small number of large clients. Do I have any new clients that I can talk about? Do I have any case studies? Um, of uh, instances where 
uh, my businesses have been able to my business has been able to help another business, and where that that business is happy to be interviewed and to talk about um, you know why they used uh, my business's services. Um, what else is there? Um, well, that's, that's something I might take a, take advantage of that offer of yours. That's very that's very kind of you. I, um, but what I'll do is I'll put that up on the website. Um, at, sort of partnering the uh, the recording of the um, uh, of this teleconference, so that the content's there for people to use. Excellent. Um, uh, and, a, and a great way of working this out is just ima imagine that you're sitting being interviewed by a journalist about your business, and whatever questions you think somebody from outside your business might be asking, you know, why do people come? You know, what's what's the most common question you get asked in your field? You know, and sometimes I've found when I've been talking to my clients about what we should be including in a in an email update, I've said, well, you know, what's the one piece of advice you find yourself giving you sounding like a broken record? And and often the client has said, oh, well, look, it's this, you know, and and I've said, well, just send me to a bullet point what you've just said, and we can create a, an article about that, you know. Mm. So it really is a question of of thinking. Um, as broadly as possible about what is likely to be of interest and, and of use to your to your perfect client, and then writing that. And then it's just a question of setting the time aside and doing that, making sure that you spell check it to make sure there aren't any spelling errors in it. <laughs> Ideally, getting somebody else just to quickly proofread it for you to make sure yeah. it's all good, um, and then uh, loading it all up into your um, email system, sending yourself a test email to make sure that all the links that you put in there uh, are working correctly, that your subject line is wrong, everything is spelled correctly in the email, and then finally, you know, taking a big gulp and then hitting the go button. And, right, uh, you know, David, yeah, David, I'd love to thank you for that. You've given us an absolute wealth of information there. I think it's invaluable. Um, well, before we go to questions, perhaps I might just ask you to just, just tell us briefly what, what services you offer people should they want to contact you, and we'll, we'll Perhaps provide your uh, your website details in that little snapshot and uh, yeah yeah well no problem at all well basically um, everything that's involved in getting an email update out the door we handle so um, part one is obviously um, you know deciding what to write about so we help our clients tease out the stuff that is likely to be of interest to their uh, their customer base. Um, then what we do, it's either myself or I've got a small team of copywriters, we go off and, if necessary, research um, some of these uh, topics, particularly if you're on what's going on in the industry. Um, and generally speaking, before our monthly phone call to our clients, we will have done a bit of research in that client's industry and said, well, and, and we often say, well, you know, this is happening and this is happening, of course, you, you know. Um, do you have any comments that you'd like to share or do you have an opinion? You know, So what we do is we... we flesh out what we should be um, writing about. We then go off and write um, those uh, articles or, or that sort of one email sort of update, if that's what it is. We send that back to our client. Client has a look at it, says yay or nay. If we need to make any corrections at that stage, we make those corrections. Uh, then what we do is we um, we can recommend email marketing systems if our clients don't already have them. Uh, we can take their list, import it into the system, set up their first um, email uh, newsletter uh, template, import all of the data, send a test message, and then when our client is um, is happy with it all, we hit the go button, and then about we're back in contact again to go through the whole process again. Um, you know, for the following month. Excellent. Okay. And if someone wants to contact you, um, yep. you mentioned that you'd be Happy to provide a three-minute sort of one-on-one -on -one, uh, Skype yep. or telephone 
um, sort of re review of the yeah, people's absolutely. current email marketing programs. Um, yeah. How should they contact you, David, with regards to that? Okay, well, look, the, the, um, the main line here is um, uh, 07 for uh, Queensland, 31035764, um, or I have a direct number as well, which is uh, 39011055, uh, or drop me an email, um, david at newsbusiness.com.au, and we can get that set up. Okay, could you just repeat those phone numbers, just for anyone that's yep. trying to drop those down? Sure, yep, um, 07-3103. 5764 is the main line, um, and 07390110055 is my direct line, and the, uh, the web address is just news, so the word news and the word business stuck together.com.au. Excellent, okay. Well, I appreciate that, that's tremendous. Um, just now, I'd just like to throw it open for any questions, if anyone has any that, uh, that's outstanding, although we've had a pretty comprehensive uh, review, I think, of, of how to, how to, uh, how to go about your email newsletter and so, so on and so forth. Um, if anyone has a question, now's the opportunity to ask it. I'll give people a couple of seconds. If you'd like to come online, I'll just, uh, I'll just ask David, are there any emails or email newsletters you see that you think are the sort of, you know, the, the top of the crop, as it were, that you hmm. suggest people look at to get a bit of an idea of what they should be aiming for? Yeah, well, look, um, I, I know this isn't sent, I mean, the smart company um, email isn't sent from a business promoting its services, mm. um, but I'm just trying to think within those, um, I suppose I'm excluding the ones that are clients of mine, <laughs> let's just have a little um, about those that are doing it well. So I caught, I caught you on the hop with that one, but... Uh, That's right, let me have a think about that and I'll... Um, I'll I'll sort of, if I can, if I can think of a couple, then then I'll let you know. I think the the ones that tend to catch my attention um, are the ones which are are able, and it's sometimes difficult to hit this right, but are, are able to hit that sort of. They have a personality, so it's it's, it's sort of light-hearted, but at the same time, um, giving you useful useful advice. You know, stuff you can use, um, and and those are the ones that I I think are really nailing it. Okay, excellent. Yeah. And do you, do you recommend that you have your newsletters accessible on your website? Um, a, a lot of people do. What's what's the thought? Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Okay, well, look, it, it used to be the case that, um, and, and I, I advise against this, it, it used to be the case that people would create a newsletter um, in printed format, make it into a PDF, and then attach that to an email and say, here's our latest newsletter. Uh, people just don't open those PDFs quite as much yeah. as they used to. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason for that is twofold. One is because, um, uh, you know, it takes it's just more clicks, you know. And, and secondly, people are a little bit wary now of attachments, even from people they know, because those attachments might have sort of viruses in them. So people just don't open them quite as much. So my, one of my recommendations is that you can combine um, what you put on your web and your email um, marketing um, in one go by actually loading up your, your articles or your pieces, if you like, onto the blog of your website, and then your, your email newsletter or your update is really just a link through to all of those. And what it does is it drives people to your website, and then once they're on your website, then if your website's working the way it should do, then they're tempted to stick around and look at other sections of your website. Right, there's the uh, permanent yeah. reference, basically, That's as well right. on the blog. Okay. David, thank you very much for your time. I know you're very busy. Um, thanks nope. for making that available. I'd like to, nope. to wrap it up there and um, okay. uh, look forward to catching up with you again. And uh, just reinforce, if anyone wants to contact David, please please do so at uh, newsbusiness.com.au. 
and uh, we'll take it from there. So we will post this recording up on the website together with the um, with the document from David, which is his little uh, cheat sheet. Lovely. That's Thanks it. very Bye. much indeed. I'll catch you again soon. Thank you, David. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Bye.